Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Move Through Motivation. Super excited for you to join along. And today's topic is going to be about why I joined the Army and the journey that it took me on. And in future episodes, we'll get into more detail of specific parts, but a little overview of, of why and what it was like. 1997, I graduated from high school. I really wanted to be a professional football player when I was there, but I was only 135 pounds wet. My counselor, Mr. Uthis, recommended that I apply to Long Beach State. I was going to go to Long Beach City to start my college education, but Mr. Uthis convinced me, and Miss Selman gave me extra credit in English if I did apply just to Cal State Long Beach. So I applied, and they accepted me. I got accepted in in the fall of 1997 to start my college career at Long Beach State. And the Army recruiter, recruiters had reached out to me because I took the ASVAB for extra credit in high school. And they really wanted me to join. And I just told them, nah, I'm okay for now. I'm, I'm all good. Talk to me next year. I'm just going to start my freshman year of college. I'm super excited. And what ends up happening is I got a, a grant based on my grades for my freshman year. So I was excited. I really didn't have to pay tuition. Um, I had to pay books. I lived at home going to college. My parents live in, um, we grew up in the north side of Long Beach. And I really wanted to not go into debt going to school. So this grant helped. Um, I wanted to pay for college on my own. I didn't want to burn my parents. They were hardworking and they had two other kids behind me. And I wanted to make sure that I did everything I could to not burden them with that, that, that financial burden. So I did. So I go to freshman year of college. After my freshman year, I go to register for the spring semester. And they said, you need to pay us. I believe at the time it was $1,200 to $1,500. And in 1998, that's a lot of money. Maybe not now, but that's a lot of money back then. Plus, you had books. Plus, you had all the other expenses for school. And so, I, I kind of panicked. And I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know how I was going to pay for this. And I, again, I didn't want to burden my parents. So, then I reached out to the recruiters again. I'm like, hey, you guys have programs for school. What do you think? And Staff Sergeant Toncha was his name. Started working out with me at the YMCA. He got to know me really well. And I end up joining the United States Army Reserve in February of 1998. Sergeant Tonja got me to sign up as an ammunition specialist. I signed up in February and all the jobs had come out in October. So this is kind of like the not middle of the year, but there weren't a lot of options for me to pick during the reserves. And I chose the reserves because I still wanted to stay in college, but really wanted to um, uh, find a way to help pay for college. And, I, and I'm very open about that. 
Do I love that I serve my country? Yes. Do I love this country? Yes. There's no place on it like earth. And I've traveled all around the world. There's no place like America. We have the greatest freedoms. It's a great land. So there's a pride also, once I went through boot camp, of why I'm serving my country. So I do that. I go to boot camp in the summer of 98. After my freshman year of college, I finished boot camp and I'm a reservist. So reservist, you go two weeks a year, one weekend a month. And I was attached to the 163rd Ordnance Company in Irvine, California, which is now the district for those of you who live in Orange County. So I was excited. Boot camp, loved it. Fort Jackson, South Carolina, beautiful place. Really hot in the summertime when I went through boot camp. The following summer, I was what was called a split up at the time where I came back from boot camp, then went back to college. And then at the end of my um, sophomore year, I went back to my advanced training in Huntsville, Alabama to get my, go through AIT. And it was at the Redstone Arsenal, Huntsville, Alabama, and I learned about ammunition. I wasn't a guy, I never was a, in the reserves, most of the jobs are supplies and logistics. So I was logistics supply for ammunition. So I was like the smart and final or the target along with UPS of working and getting it to different places. That was my job in the military. I wasn't an infantryman. I wasn't a guy that was kicking down doors. Don't want anybody to think that I was logistic, but we all have a job and my job was that. And I wanted to be the best. Graduated with honors in, in advanced infantry training, AIT. Went on to, back to my um, junior year of school, and then 9-11 hit. And it was, I'll never forget that day. It was six o'clock in the morning. I was driving home from a fraternity brother's house to get ready for um, work and the news was on and it was, it was chaos. That day after I went to work in the morning, I went to my evening classes and we all just sat around and watched this tragedy that happened on our soil. And it was kind of surreal. And that night we got calls from our unit saying, be ready, be on alert. At that time you knew something was going down when they figured out it was an act of terrorism. And from that point on forward, you knew you were gonna get deployed. Whether it was Afghanistan, Iraq. And so in the, what was it? April of 2003, or February 2003, we got the call. One platoon from the 163rd Ordnance Company got mobilized to Fort Bliss, Texas where we later went on to serve at Camp Arifjan, Kuwait. And it was here where I wasn't an infantryman. But when you go into a deployment, there's a lot of things that happen. I was 24 years old at the time. I was ready to serve, don't get me wrong. Was I scared? Yes. Did I have anxiety about it? Yes. But I was with a good group of soldiers. I was a squad leader. 
tech support. And to this day, I still keep in contact with a good portion of those guys and girl. But one of the scariest times of, of that deployment, I remember specifically, we were, we were getting briefed in Fort Bliss, Texas, and we're packing up and I was, I, you're kind of got, you're on adrenaline and you're with a, you're with a bunch of rowdy soldiers and we're, we're ready to go and we don't know where we're going. We don't know who we're attached to. We're, you, as a soldier, you just follow orders and we don't know what we're doing. So we're a little bit, well, where are we going? What are we doing? What's our mission? What is this? But we were briefed and basically one of the items that we had to pack was body bags. And I freaked out a little bit because I had people underneath me and all that went through my mind is, is what if something happens and these people, something happens to this person, whatever it may be, accident, I don't know. But when you say body bag to a 24 year old kid who's grew up in a tough neighborhood and grew up, you know, a normal childhood that was filled with love. It, it scared me and I freaked out. I, I, I literally broke down. I was, I was very upset. I was very emotional that afternoon. And, you know, I wanted to be um, strong. I wanted to be encouraging. And, but it, it really, it really scared me that day. That was, that was a definite memory that I had. So we get deployed, we go over to Kuwait and we were only supposed to be there six months. And our job was logistics of ammunition, that's it. October 31st, I think it was October 30th, 2003, we were told, we were packing up, we thought we were going home. We thought we were be home by Thanksgiving. Everybody's excited. The lieutenant calls us in from our duty day and I come in and she goes, I got good news and I got bad news. Good news is we got a wake up date. Bad news is it's six months from now. So they changed our deployment from six months to a year. Everyone was devastated. Everybody was down. Everybody was a little upset, but as a soldier, you just got to suck it up, drive on, move on. The next week I was on my way to a meeting with my commander and the gentleman driving the vehicle lost control. It was an accident and we rolled and we rolled and we landed upside. When I woke up, got knocked out. When I woke up, I went to go look left and I felt something that I have never felt since I thought my, my spine was on fire I, and I couldn't move. I thought I was paralyzed for a second and the pain was very intense down the back of my spine. We called in for help. Firemen came out and they had to extract us out of the vehicle. And my dear friend, Sergeant Trend pulled me out and got me on that gurney because I was going to lose my mind. 
of the pain I was in. They couldn't give me any drugs at the time. I got medevaced out to Kuwaiti Hospital. From there, I went to uh, Ramstein, Germany. From Ramstein, Germany, I ended up in Fort Lewis, Washington. United States Air Force moved me from every base on the West Coast all the way across the country. Or we started on the East Coast all the way across the country. And we ended up in Fort Lewis. This time was dark in my life. I, I call this the dark time. This is when really a super dark mindset, I would say one of the darkest mindsets I've ever had because I was away from my family. I was away from my unit and I was all by myself in a hospital in Washington state in November. It's raining, I'm from California. You may not get it, but we're not used to the rain like that. I was dealing with a lot of depression, working on getting appointments, going through physical therapy, wanting to get out of this place and back either home or with my unit overseas. And in this journey, I used Band-Aids to try and heal what was really going on in my head. You get prescribed medicine that helps you deal with the anxiety, with the emotions and the pain. So yeah, I was given painkillers. Yeah, I was given medicine, but it, it, was, it was a Band-Aid. It, it, it helped me at the time get through it, but it also put me into what I call the funk. I was in the funk of trying to figure out I'm not like this. This is not my, I'm most inspiration. I'm, I'm the go-getter. How do I get through this battle? And so what ended up happening was I ended up going back, transferring to my home unit in Irvine and going through therapy. And the journey after that will save for another day. And I talk for another day to get into different Emotions I felt, suffering from PTSD, suffering from the loss. But the point of this message today is, is that along this journey in the military, I found myself. I had to get, check myself many times. But in this journey, I ran into a lot of soldiers, leaders that I'm still in touch with today. And I respect those relationships. I'm thankful for those relationships. And I really, really, really hope that if you're serving this great country and you're going through a struggle or a hard time or you're coming back, that you find yourself what I call a battle buddy. And I got a couple of them. Trend. Lappin, Combs, Maxi, Worth Miller. Couple of the guys that if I have a problem, I reach out to. Tell them my issues. Get a battle buddy check. And I'm appreciative of those relationships. I'm appreciative of 
having battle buddies who have my back, who've been through those experiences, and we've been able to come out on the other side stronger with friendships and have really grown in these situations that we thought were the most devastating thing at the time in some of the instances we were in. But I'm really happy that I was able to experience this in life because then I want to be able to help other people. So I'm telling you today, if you're suffering from PTSD, if you're suffering from other deep issues or you need a battle buddy, reach out to us. We're here for you. The Move Through Motivation movement is coming like a tidal wave. I tell you my story so you get a little bit of background of who I am and what I'm bringing to the table. The content that we're going to be putting out about my story, other stories, will hopefully motivate you and help you to get through your struggle. We love you. See you soon. God bless. And let's just start moving together.